The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America, welcome to the 14th ever and three-month anniversary show of All Around Sports, live from the City of Champions, Boston, Massachusetts, where each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we will go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Well, as always, it was another wild week in sports as I lived the dream. And as usual, I will begin each show with the highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items that fascinate us all. First, to the highlight of the week, which is a no-brainer, the transcendent U.S. Women's World Cup victory on Sunday over Brazil, which they uh, ultimately tied with 30 seconds left on Megan Rubino's Spectacular kick to Abby Wamba for the header, the winning header. And then the American women went on to win on uh, PKs and set up tomorrow's World Cup final against Japan. And, uh, you know, it just reminded me uh, that so often when you see a team on a championship run, which is how I think it's going to end for the U.S. women, um, Many of the most memorable games are along the way to the championship game. And two things immediately came to mind, which was the famous Olympic hockey game uh, where they beat the Russians in 1980, preceding the ultimate gold medal game against, uh, against Finland that famous Sunday. And I got the feeling tomorrow is going to be another Sunday afternoon of all of America tuned in. And another famous game along the way to a championship was one that I had the pleasure to attend, which was the New England Patriots snowball victory over the uh, Oakland Raiders against, uh, you know, when Adam Vinatieri had two late field goals to win that game, and it ultimately resulted in the Patriots beating the Rams on another Vinatieri field goal back in 2002. And uh, this week's low light came from the same game, which was the absolutely horrible refereeing calls made during that U.S.-Brazil Women's Cup game. First, there was the re-kick of the penalty uh, for goalie interference, which was an absolutely absurd call. It's one of those, everybody does it, and it never gets called. 
Then there was the red card issued that caused the U.S. to be down a player for a good portion of the second half. And then there was, of course, finally the no call on the offsides for the Brazil goal. So just horrendous officiating, and it was so bad that the German crowd completely swung to the American women uh, as these calls mounted, and uh, cheering for the American women by the end in the uh, German crowd. And then my bizarre sports story of the week is also a no-brainer, which is simply the Roger Clemens mistrial, where federal prosecutors made the legal blunder Hall of Fame by defying a federal judge's order and showing a banned video footage inside the courtroom, which infuriated the judge and caused him to declare a mistrial. Absolutely unbelievable. I'm part of a Red Sox-related email list, and the emails have just been coming in off the charts uh, ever since the decision was rendered. So it's uh, getting a lot of play nationwide. And then my events of the week that I covered were uh, were Manchester United's 4-1 victory over the New England Revolution in a soccer-friendly before 50,000-plus fans in Foxborough, uh, as well as I also covered last Saturday's Major League Lacrosse All-Star Game at Harvard Stadium, which I had featured in last week's show with the an interview with Commissioner David Gross. But first up is uh, is soccer, and... The British Invasion, which was uh, like the Beatles in 1964, uh, as Manchester United, who are like rock stars, uh, you know, arrived in Boston to much fanfare, and it was just an absolutely spectacular couple of days. Uh, it was good timing, first of all, since the game was Wednesday night, and yesterday, uh, Forbes magazine ranked Man U the most valuable sports franchise in the world, worth an estimated $1.86 billion. Man U has 333 million supporters, uh, according to the article, and, uh, and it was very evident by the Man U fans that populated Patriot Place over the weekend at Gillette Stadium. And so the 2011 Man U summer tour kicked off when they arrived uh, at the Four Seasons in Boston on... Monday afternoon, and they got off the bus, a lot of people around, autograph seekers and whatnot. Uh, again, much fanfare. It was very exciting. And uh, the team and the organization, the staff members, got off the bus all wearing black suits with the Man U logo on their breast pocket, uh, all in ties, and looking, again, very, very buttoned up and oozing professionalism. And then the next day they were working out, uh, spent the day at Harvard, working out at the Harvard Fieldhouse, where, uh, you know, where, which I attended for a while, which was, again, really impressive. Uh, and one of the things that's interesting about Man U is that you instantly know if someone is associated with Man U through the clothes they wear. Staff members were wearing gray golf shirts that day. And, of course, the team members, as they're working out in the field house, had the various Man U jerseys. They were instantly obvious, needless to say. And then uh, both at the bus on Monday and at the uh, field house at Harvard on Tuesday, uh, really impressive the way that the Man U staff handled the 
autographs and the photos. It's very controlled, very civil atmosphere. Uh, the players are unfailingly polite and accommodating, and every fan who's there basically seems to leave happy. They get either the autograph and or the photo. So, again, I was very, very impressed with just how organized uh, these sessions were around uh, around the various planned events. And uh, I attended. They held a news conference soon after getting off the plane, which was great, uh, right at the Four Seasons Hotel. And first up, we have a soundbite from uh, the Manu manager, Sir Alex Ferguson, among the most sex successful coaches ever. 25 years, the Manu coach. And uh, think Vince Lombardi, Red Arbach, Joe Paterno when you think of Sir Alex Ferguson. And here's what he had to say about the game coming up. The first game, and it's, it doesn't seem so long ago, fighting out for the European final. But um, the players, I think, are well rested. Obviously, our preparation is not 100% at the moment because um, when we started on the 4th of July for medical testing and then the training since then, so we're maybe a little bit short, but you know, they've got a good squad with us and obviously we respect the revolution and you know, the job that Steve's done. I think he's taken to the, the finals. Apart from this season, it's been a great record he's had. So, as we experienced last season, and we see the, the rise in uh, United States soccer, that uh, we expect a really difficult game, as we did last season. All the games were very, very tough. So, look forward to it. Hope we do ourselves justice. Uh, the most important thing is to take a step forward in terms of our fitness, which is and as you could hear in Sir Alex's uh, not-so-subtle Scottish accent, uh, he has a high respect for the MLS and uh, was eagerly anticipating the game. And it was interesting in that after the game, uh, I got a, a insight into the secret of Sir Alex's success by uh, the post-game comment from Man U's goalkeeper, Anders Lindegaard, who was from Denmark and just signed with the team last January. Manager, he's, he has told me, I don't care what your name is, I don't care uh, what religion you are, I don't care how you look. Uh, if you're good enough, you will play uh, and you will get your chance. And that is how it is in Manchester United. If you're good enough, you will play. And that to me just sums it up right there. With a goalkeeper signed just this past January, he played the whole game on Wednesday, and he described what is the secret for success for Sir Alex, as well as many other coaches worldwide, which is simply play the best players. Now is Revolution player Benny Fieldharbor in his post-game comments. It's always good to get anything positive against these guys, you know, and 45 minutes is, you know, a solid amount of time. Um, well, you know, at the end of the day, you got to get 90 minutes, and regardless if you're playing Man U, if you're playing Philadelphia, or whoever you're playing, you're going to have to get 90 minutes to get a result. Uh, if we play the way we played in the first half for 90 minutes against Philadelphia, I'm sure we can get some. And as I reference, just going back to the Four Seasons News Conference, which was held on Monday afternoon, within an hour after the team touched down in Boston on their charter flight, we had uh, New England Revolution player Shari Joseph talk about uh, the, what was going to be the upcoming game with Man U. 
We played them last year in the Oscar game and I thought it was so huge and this doesn't even compare to it. I think this year, being with the Revolution, being in front of our home stadium, being with our home crowd, everybody coming out, friends, family going to be here so much. I can't even understand how important it is for us to go out there and to battle and to work hard and to give 90 minutes of our best effort. Personally, as I said, it's just another highlight in my career, something I dream about, playing against the best team in the world, the best players in the world. And Wednesday, you just got to embrace the moment, be prepared for it, and just have fun. And Shari Joseph is one of the MLS's top, top stars and plays right here in New England. And then we also had Revolution coach Steve Nichol, who played for Sir Alex uh, back in the day, in the 1980s. And uh, he was talking about also his anticipation in playing Man U. Well, mentally, you know, obviously we're playing against some of the best players in the world. Um, I mean, I guess you always see, you know, when, when things are tough, you find out who's got what. And obviously, we're going to be under some pressure uh, at times in the game. So it's about, you know, what we see from our players as, as far as not just physically standing up and being counted, but being smart and using their, using their brain to, to get themselves out of any sort of situation. So there you have it. Some comments from both uh, the Man U side, the New England Revolution side, and uh, now as my former co-host, Lee Mont Williams from outside the huddle likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break, and uh, we'll catch you on the other side. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. 
That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is one 346 9144 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we have guests join us. And today we are honored to have Gabe Gabor, a spokesman for the Herbalife World Football Challenge, uh, joining us and live from the pitch in Seattle. At uh, Gabe, how you doing today? John, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us. How's the weather out in Seattle? You know, it's what you would expect in Seattle. A little overcast. Uh, when the team landed yesterday, it was actually raining. Uh, but they expect really nice weather for the rest of the week. Uh, this is the longest uh, that the team will be staying anywhere. They'll be here seven days, so I'm sure they'll get the full experience of Seattle weather. That's great, and Seattle is passionate about their sounders, as you well know. And uh, the game is Wednesday night, uh, this coming Wednesday night in Seattle. What's the, uh, what's the mood out there in anticipation of seeing Man U in Seattle? Well, I got to say, uh, the, the buzz is unbelievable. Uh, the, the game is basically sold out. There's a few uh, limited tickets here and there. But we're looking at a sellout, 67,000 or so. And, and you can tell there's a buzz. You know, the, one of the nice things about Seattle is that the stadium is right in downtown. So on game day, you'll, feel, you'll see all the people wear, wearing the Sounders shirts, wearing the Manchester United shirts, walking around town. Um, I would say there's a good two, 300 fans. About two, 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 yeah, two, three hundred fans camped out usually uh, at the hotel, waiting to see him come out and come in, and it's exciting. It's it's an exciting atmosphere to be in. And is the game going to be played uh, at Quest Field? Yeah, now now called CenturyLink Field as of uh, two weeks ago, and it will be oh. played there just like at Foxborough. They put some grass down. Uh, in fact, Seattle's home game tomorrow against Colorado. They're already going to be playing on natural surface, so they're going to take advantage of. Uh, over the grass there, and I'll play a couple games. Oh, that's great. Wow. So they're going to be filling the, the stadium where the Seahawks play. That is fabulous. Uh, well, Gabe, you and I had a chance to talk uh, over the three days of the Manchester United being in town to play the New England Revolution. And uh, as you well know, we had a attendance of over 51,000, the highest attended friendly in Gillette Stadium history. What did you think of the game on uh, Wednesday night? I thought it was a great night for soccer in, in New England. I, I, you know, anytime you put 51,000 in the building, it's fantastic. And I think we're a little spoiled because the building there is so big and the Patriots draw so well that you, know, you see a couple pockets of empty seats here and there. And uh, you, someone who doesn't isn't aware of the situation in New England might get the wrong impression. But the fact is that you know 51,000 would pretty much sell out just about any stadium in the world, sometimes twice over. And I think that the fans in the area have to feel really proud about how they uh, showed off their enthusiasm for soccer in New England. Yeah, well, New England soccer fans are being treated well here uh, this spring and early summer because... Uh, a couple weeks ago, I had attended the United States soccer team's match against Spain and uh, World Cup champion Spain. And uh, 
So that was great. Now I know, uh, you know, during the game the other night was also a lot of fun to watch. It was 0-0 at the half, and, uh, you know, so the Revs were more than holding their own against the planet's most well-known team. But uh, then Man U, uh, you know, scored four in the second half. The Revs had one for a 4-1 final, and, and the goals were all great. Uh, the, the final goal being literally... Uh, you know, Sports Center top ten level. Well, uh, that was a thing of beauty, right? It uh, uh, it was uh, one of those goals that you just hope to see um, maybe once in your lifetime in person. An incredible uh, step over by overtimes, a nice pass to Park, the give and go with Ryan Giggs, one of the one of the most legendary players in the history of English soccer, and you couldn't have asked more. I think right there you pleased as many demographics as you can, right? <laughs> With the guys Absolutely. scoring the goal. And it's a, it's a real uh, it's a real tribute to the international nature of the team. I, I thought the goal was fantastic. I was lucky enough to already be on the field maybe 20 yards away, and it was it looked uh, just as good at field level as I'm sure it did from the stand or from the press box. But, you know, the, the young kid, Makeda, scored the first uh, the two out of the first three goals, and he had scored two goals at the MLS All-Star game last year. So he obviously... Uh, has very good luck with against MLS opposition, or, or just uh, has uh, the right mentality to score against us. But I thought New England looked good, especially in the first half. It was very interesting. I thought Matt Reese's saves were fantastic. He really kept the team in the game. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, you could. At the end of the first half, uh, you know, Matt Reese stopped. You know, four point blank shots by Man U, and you know, as it turned out, it was kind of setting him up for you know what was going to be an all out assault in the second half by Manu, and indeed that's exactly what happened uh but you know um you're just getting started with the uh world football challenge uh you know we had the game wednesday night here in new england obviously the game in seattle this coming wednesday night but a lot more beyond that could you take a minute or two and just tell us about uh about the world football challenge and, and what lies ahead in the next few weeks Sure. Well, specifically for Manchester United, uh, from Seattle, they're headed to Soldier Field. They're fairly close to selling out there also. From Soldier Field is the, the game I think a lot of the country is waiting for, which is the game in New Jersey at Red Bull Arena against the MLS All-Stars, which this year's edition we know will have players like David Beckham and Thierry Henry. So I think that will be a, a global event, not just a national event, but a global event. And then they finish the tour and... Maybe the most anticipated um, match in the last few months, and that's the match against FC Barcelona in Washington. Uh, that game is also just about sold out. That's at the FedEx Field, which holds about 90,000 people. That one sold out quick because I think just about any soccer fan in the universe would want to see Manchester United take on Barcelona in any context. So it will be exciting, and of course the World Football Challenge features a lot of teams that have come over uh, from Europe and from Mexico, including Chivas de Guadalajara, Cuba America, uh, teams from Italy, you got Manchester City. Um, it's an incredible collection of, of soccer teams, and we are truly the only country in the world that's blessed with having that kind of talent in one place at one time. So I strongly urge fans in the area and around the country take advantage and you know go to as many games as you can well that's a great recommendation gabe and each summer in america keeps getting better with more and more soccer coming in this country i know last year we had a game at uh, fenway park so 
It's just growing and growing in popularity. And Gabe, I know you're busy, but I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. And I hope to catch you later on the tour this summer. You got it. Thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, speak to you guys, and we'll do it the next time. You're welcome, Gabe. Talk again soon. Thanks again. Thank you. And Voice America, that's uh, anything and everything you'd want to know about what's happening in soccer here in America this summer. And you heard it right from uh, the perfect resource in Gabe Gabor. And uh, before we take our break, I just want to take a few minutes and talk about uh, the other event that I attended this past week, which was uh, the Major League Lacrosse All-Star Game at Harvard Stadium which had an attendance of over 11,000. And uh, as all listeners well know, I interviewed David Gross, the commissioner of Major League Lacrosse, last, for last week's show and uh, in anticipation of the game on Saturday night. And I did attend the game. It was terrific. It was, uh, you know, first thing I noticed, it was just very intense for an all-star game. I mean, these teams really, really went at it. And uh, so it was uh, not your father's all-star game, shall we say. And the setting was wonderful. Harvard Stadium is as historic as it gets. And then uh, the weather was absolutely spectacular, you know, with festival atmosphere and all types of events going on. On Friday night, there was a terrific pregame event where they actually picked the players as to what team they were going to be playing for. And uh and, you know, the game itself, again, was, was terrific. Thunder sticks abounding. And after the game, I caught up with uh, Paul Rabel, literally the face of U.S. lacrosse, who, uh, who at halftime leaped a car for one of his shots, a la Blake Griffin in the uh, NBA dunk contest. But here's what Paul had to say immediately following the MLL All-Star game. I'm here with Paul Rabel of the Boston Cammons, immediately following the MLL All-Star game. Paul, what did you think of the game tonight? Uh, it was fun. You know, um, thought we let it slip, but uh, that was the uh, that was the, that's sort of the attitude that we had. And um, but you know, you're supposed to have fun, so that was that was a good part about it. Terrific. Now, uh, how's your Boston Cannons season going so far? It's going great. You know, I'm excited to get back to it next week. We're six and one, and um, you know, we got a really good vibe on the team right now, so I'm excited to keep pushing. Now, I know you played recently in front of the large. MLL crowd ever in Denver. How was that experience? It was a great time. Um, you know, the, the, the crowd support out there is similar to here in Boston. And, and uh, anytime you get a chance to play in front of a big crowd like that, you get a couple extra juices flowing. It ends up being a great game. And that was Paul Rabel. And uh, I also had a chance to catch up with uh, Boston Cannons player and all-star Pat Heim from Penn State, who, uh, who showed on the field that night that football is not the only sport they're playing out in uh, Nittany Valley. Here's Pat. How was it playing in your All-Star game tonight? I had a great time. It was a uh, really great experience playing with the top players in the world. And uh, it's also really, really fun playing alongside a former Indy Lion, Drew Adams, and uh, a, lot of, a lot of good friends out here. So it was a really cool atmosphere and a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Terrific. Now, Pat, I know you play with the uh, Boston Cannons, so you're local. How's your season going so far? Season's going very well. Uh, we're 6-1, top of the league. So hopefully we can continue the run and... Uh, Get the top seed in the playoffs. Terrific. And that was Pat Heim from uh, the Major League Lacrosse All-Star Game. And it's that time to take our break, and uh, we'll catch you on the other side. (laughs) 
your okay, internet your, flagship your station for sports. Voice America Sports. Super Bowl champ Lionel Dalton is taking to the internet airwaves with his own brand of sports talk. You'll go inside the mind of the players and find out if blacklisting really happens, what their thoughts are on training camps, where the former NFL players are now, and why being drafted by the wrong NFL team can kill a promising player's career. Lionel will also cover what's up with the Baltimore Ravens. Tune in to Sports Talk with Lionel Dalton live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The revolution has begun with Jim and Trav. Listen this week as Randall Eden, Shannon Young, Josh Fleming, and Joe Hosmer tell us why it's important to get our kids in the outdoors. Plus, Cat Daddy will have some catfishy tips, and Nick Rhodes has a new twist on wildlife management you'll want to hear. This is sponsored by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Voice America, never fear. It's uh, still that time of the show when we have our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post Sports Department. And Barry, had a little lacrosse for you there. How you doing? Yeah. That was great. That was a, a nice little little touch. Good. Well, good to have you. Uh, yeah, I went to the Major League Lacrosse All-Star Game uh, last Saturday night at Harvard Stadium. It was a great take. and uh, But, yeah, but we have also, you know, some other hot, hot topics to talk about. And, you know, none more timely or more really unique than... The Roger Clemens mistrial. What were your thoughts about that, Barry? Well, you know, um, it's it's just it's just very interesting because uh, you know we really thought that you know there was a lot of uh, seemed to be a lot of evidence you know against against Roger you know um, you know whether you know Brian McNamee had an had an axe to grind with Roger or you know just the, all all the other um, intricacies that went along with this you know we always just kind of felt that you know Roger brought a lot of this on himself. And, uh, you know, it's just, this is just, uh, it's just kind of, uh, very strange the way this is all falling out. It seemed like, uh, there would be, to me anyway, it just seemed like you know, the evidence was kind of, kind of stacked against them. And the fact that they've, uh, they've actually called a mistrial, it's, it's 
it's a little surprising to me. That's not that's not quite the uh, the outcome that we would have expected. I think. Yeah, well, you know, as I think about it, uh, and I mean, when I heard it on the radio yesterday, it, it, it was so shocking. It was almost like a, you know, you'll remember where you were moment uh, years down the road. But, you know, as I thought about it, you know, Roger has led pretty much of a charmed life. And, uh, you know, the horseshoe was never bigger over his head than yesterday. I mean, that was just amazing to think he could have been flirting with jail at at could have ended up in jail, but at minimum, he was looking at what would have been probably a very wearing, wearing four to seven week trial. And instead, it's just all over uh, legally. I mean, fans will have their own opinions. I think most opinions will be well, that. Many of the, and many of them do. <laughs> we, we know that for right. sure. Yeah, without yeah. a trial, right. Yeah, I, I, just, I just think it's, you know, maybe it just means that you know, all the guys from the steroid era will kind of will kind of get off at least uh, in the legal sense. You know, because when, uh, Barry Bonds was found guilty of obstruction of justice, not of anything else, and now uh, uh, Clemens has, has gotten a mistrial, and it just kind of makes you think, well, gee, maybe uh, you know, th- maybe these guys are just gonna kind of get a little slap on the wrist, and you know, you shouldn't have done that, and uh, you know, just kind of go on with their lives. And, you know, the, 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 the public court of opinion is very different than the legal court, as we know. And, uh, you know, I, I still think that, you know, the perception among fans is such that, you know, these guys are going to have a black mark. And that, that, that's just the way it's going to be. But, you know, how that affects these guys going on with their lives, you know, that remains to be seen. You know, with with some of these some of these guys, it probably won't matter very much. I don't think it'll matter that much with Roger. Uh, what people think about him, because you know uh, he's just been been that kind of guy that it just doesn't really seem to matter. So you know, and with Bonds, he wasn't really well liked anyway. So you know, I I, th- I think it's certainly the case of of those two it won't really have an, an effect. And you know, Bonds, you don't really hear much about him in any way anymore ever since. Uh, ever since his trial, and I imagine Roger will just go back to you know living his life and uh, you know being former big leaguer and you know just kind of pick it up from there. But uh, yeah, I was kind of ex- I, I was surprised too, and it, it, I just think that uh, he uh, he kind of got kind of got lucky here, like you said, big big horseshoe over his head yesterday for sure. So uh, you know that that charm life will kind of kind of continue, I guess. Yeah, well, and you know. People will have their own opinions, but, you know, Roger might be able to get back to the life he so much desired, which was basically, you know, living legend. And, you know, it's the big difference between what people think or suspect versus, you know, quote, convicted felon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the fact that this trial very likely is behind him and all of the legal issues just go away forever. um, You know, uh, he he may, as we know here in America, time cures all. And, you know, most athletes issue apologies and everybody forgets. Uh, there's obviously no apology coming from Roger, but I do think people might not forget, but I, th- I think time will just sort of make a lot of this go away. And Roger may indeed get his wish for, again, just living the life of a, of a baseball legend. And uh, we shall see. Anyway, he dodged a major bullet and... Uh, and speaking of bullets, you know, I'm curious if you think that the bullets that were 
fired at Derek Jeter for not attending the All-Star game uh, had any validity to him or what your thoughts were? You're right down in the heart of New York City. You, you were hearing it uh, right in the newsroom. What, what were people's thoughts? My, my, my first thought was, <laughs> that was a tremendous segue you just, just pulled off with bullets. That was just great. That was very well hey, done. These uh, things come to me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, you best in me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, there was just so much goodwill. You know, uh, obviously it was a great, uh, you know, just, just, just a great event. Uh, you know, Jeter getting his, his 3,000th hit and all the news coverage and, and everything that went along with it. But I, I think I, I don't think it's him not going to the All Star game. I don't think it really tarnishes him that much because he's you know again you you talk about another another guy you know for very different reasons obviously the Roger Clemens uh, you know Derek Jeter certainly has 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 lived a charmed life and you know uh, you know never anything said badly about him. The only time he can ever really say that anything was said badly about Derek Jeter was uh, during the contract negotiations before the season. But you know, you can kind of blow that off to you know, posturing and, and you know, uh, the Steinbrenners being the blowhards that they are. So, you know, you can kind of blow that off. But, you know, I think a lot of people were, were annoyed, uh, mildly at least, uh, at Jeter for not going to the All-Star game because I, I think it really would have would have been nice for him to go because I think a lot of people wanted to see him, certainly the national media, you know, for getting their press conference with him. I think other players were disappointed. Other All-Star players, want, you know, especially uh, – players in the National League that don't get to see him very much. You wanted to see him, wanted to congratulate him. Um, you know, I can understand, you know, feeling a little overwrought, a little, you know, uh, a little wrung out, you know, emotionally. I get that. But, you know, uh, listen, you know, the rest of us, we have, we have uh, issues sometimes, and, you know, we have some days that we're not at our best and some days that we're, you know, a little emotionally... Uh, emotionally tinged, but we still have to go to work. We still have to perform. And, you know, I think for a pro athlete, you know, go to an all-star game for three days, you know, that's, that's not exactly hard work. It's a completely different realm. So, you know, I think, you know, he and Minka and the family still could have gone to gone to Phoenix and still kind of could have gotten their downtime there. And uh, pers- I think Cheater should have gone. That's my, my personal opinion. But, um, you know, Butts didn't seem to have a problem with it, at least not publicly. So, you know, who are we to argue? But I, I think that, uh, you know, he cert- it, it, it would have been nice for him to go. But, you know, again, I, I, this, is, this is hardly a, uh, you know, hardly a punishable offense by any means. But, uh, yeah, it would have been nice for him to go, I think, and uh, have, have the baseball world kind of recognize his accomplishment on a national stage, to be sure. And, uh, you know, again, the, his brethren in, in, the, uh, in the baseball playing ranks, I think, would have appreciated it, too. And I think they were... They just were a little disappointed that they didn't really get a chance to talk to him directly. And, uh, you know, it would have been a nice chance for the national media to kind of just, you know, really wrap a nice bow around this. And they, 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 that probably should have happened. Not the end of the world that it didn't. But, you know, I guess like everything else, we just, we just kind of move on. But, yeah, I, I think it would have been nice for him to have gone. Yeah, and it was interesting because literally a week ago at this moment, you and I were talking about the All-Star game. We were talking about Jeter. And I, I like, caught myself in mid-sentence live on the show last Friday, thinking, like, kind of assuming that Jeter was going to the All-Star game, but then I caught myself and thought, like, boy, is he going? Isn't he? Was he, uh, was he quote, elected or not? And uh, so I just kind of sidestepped the subject, and then lo and behold, you know, after he got the hit, I was like, well, of course he's going. This is going to be... The, 
instead of the New York celebration of his 3,000th hit, this is going to be the national celebration. This will be the Derek Jeter Memorial All-Star Game. And so I consider it for him really just a missed opportunity, not that he hasn't received laudatory praise enough for any man for a lifetime just last weekend alone. But uh, at the end of the day, I think it was for him, you know, just something that would have been over the top in a good way. And uh, he said, you know, yesterday that he was, quote, surprised by the uh, furor, if you will, over him not attending. But it's, uh, you know, it's it was his choice. And I, I thought, it was an interesting excuse or whatever reasons given uh, as yeah, far as you know, exhaustion and all that, all that we can appreciate. But right. I thought he just should have got on a plane, gone out there, maybe one at bat, one inning, you know, and, and done his thing. But, uh, you know, he did. Yeah, you, would have, you would have thought that, you know, and, and I, I agree with you. I agree with, with everything that you just said. And, yeah, I, I think also it's part of a, a bigger and I don't know how much of a problem it is, but it's certainly a concern if you're a baseball fan. And, you know, the, the whole trend these days of, you know, these guys, you know, missing these all-stars, you know, missing the all-star game for, you know, either you don't want to call them phantom injuries, but, you know, really minor injuries and not making the trip. And, you know, guys who pitch on Sunday not going to the all-star game. And, you know, I, I think ever since the infamous uh, tie, there have been a lot of issues with, uh, with you know, the way that you know, some of these guys are used and some of these guys that are, that are picked and, and how they're used in the game. And, yeah, I'm of the opinion that if, you, if you're picked for the All-Star game, unless you're on the disabled list, you, you should go. And even if you don't play, at least let the fans see you, at least show up. I mean, here's one way to look at it. I mean, Jose Reyes of the Mets, who was voted, as a, uh, voted to be a starter, as Derek Cheater was, uh, he was on the disabled list. He showed up. He went. He, you know, he stood on 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 the third base line. Got introduced. Did not play in the game, but he went. You know, so you know, he and he was on the disabled list. He had he had every excuse not to go, but he went because he said that he was definitely going to go. He didn't want to miss the experience, and you would like to think that it that the experience means something for some of these guys. And you know, maybe for some guys it does. Maybe for some of these guys it just doesn't. You know, maybe uh, some of these guys just look at it as you know, a vacation. And, you know, hey, hey, listen, you know, that's, uh, everybody's different. But you know, I would just like to see some sort of mechanism put in place, uh, you know, that if you're selected, you, you, you should go. Because, you know, number one, I think you, you should be, if you're, if you're a, a ball player and you're selected to be on the all-star team, that should be an honor. You know, I think these guys should be honored to show up. And, again, if you're playing or not, just go. You know, no, it's, it's not, not like you're going to be digging ditches for three days, you know, at the All-Star game. You know, you're just going to – it's basically a party anyway. I mean, you know, like, let, let, let's be real. I mean, we've all covered All-Star events. You know, when I was at the NBA, when I worked for the NBA, uh, as uh, you know, first covering it and then actually being, you know, a part of the league operations, you know, you can see it's, it's just – it's a party for these guys. You know, they all get together. They, they go out. They have fun. And it's just uh, – it, it's a fun event, you know. But for I think it's a little different in baseball. A lot of these guys just don't, you know, just – Look at it as well. I'm taking off for a few days. No, I don't. I can't be. Almost like they can't be bothered, you know. And I have, I have a problem with that. I, I just think they should, you know, they should go. 
I agree, Barry. And, uh, you know, I think half the fun of the All-Star game, at least when I was a kid growing up, was like literally the player introductions. That was like... Oh, that's always the best part. Absolutely. Uh, th- that was the best part. I agree. I agree. Occasionally you had a really good game or an ending, but uh, or a Reggie Jackson home run over, out of Tiger Stadium. But, you know, the introductions were the key. And, uh, and anyway, Barry, it's, uh, it's that time to take our break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little NFL lockout. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And I'm still here with Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. Barry, let's, uh, we still live in a world where... Uh, Two sports are in lockout mood mode, which is not good. But the NFL one appears to be uh, winding down. Thank goodness. Uh, what, what are your thoughts uh, coming out of Mid- Midtown Manhattan, right where you work? Well, you know, uh, things do look look pretty good. I mean, you know, I at this point, you know, what what we're hearing is that you know, you know, uh, the, the major you know economic uh, parts of the deal are are pretty much agreed upon. You know, that that's what we understand. Um, and they're still, you know, working on, you know, some of the, excuse me, some of the logistics and, you know, some of the more minor issues. I, I would be, at this point, I think I would be shocked if, you know, we didn't have an agreement by this time next week. I think, what, what, was, what were they saying? The 21st and the 22nd was kind of the target date for, for getting this done, and they're still, they still seem to be on track for that. So, you know, I, I really, you know, unless some major, major hand grenade gets thrown into this by somebody, um, I, I can't imagine that uh, that things will will get screwed up to the point where they won't have a deal in place by this time next week, and then we can kind of you know go on and you know uh, training camp should open on time. I think the only casualty may perhaps be the Hall of Fame game in Canton. You know that that remains to be seen. You know if if 
uh, if all the logistics for that can be pulled together, um, because, you know, we are going to have some sort of, uh, uh, free agent feeding frenzy, I think, uh, that, you know, the, the a process usually lasts a couple of months is probably going to be cut down to maybe a week. So that's going to be you know, very interesting to say the least, uh, you know, uh, to see how that goes. It's probably going to be, uh, pretty mind boggling, uh, you know, to have all those free agent signings or they're all going to be kind of crammed into one week's time. So, uh, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of familiar faces, perhaps, and uh, you know, wearing different uniforms this year, and it just kind of remains to be seen how that's all going to shake out. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 it would be it would be a shocking development if uh, if for any reason uh, the lockout is not settled and both sides are not back to work. I'd say by by this time next week. Yeah, well, I think they're meeting with the judge on Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, so there's every reason to believe, I think, that you know they would love to march in to see the judge, who's uh, not playing around anymore, I don't think, uh, and say, we're done. I, I really think anything other than that could, uh, you know, could be a bit of a problem, so... I think they're going to. Uh, I think they're going to get it done, and I think they're meeting with the judge. Uh, it's, it's either Tuesday or Wednesday for sure. So, right. I think and they're going to. Yeah, Go ahead. I think, right. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think that you know they 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 think they'd really like, as you said, they would really like to go to the judge and say, "Hey, we got this. We're all set." You know, because we, you know, we we'd like to really, you know. Uh, we, we took care of it ourselves. You know, we went, we went through the bargaining process and it was right from the start. That's what, that's, that's what they've been saying that that would be the most expeditious way to get all this done would be, you know, through bargaining, not through the courts, not through you know, appeals, not through all that, you know, to really drag this out. You know, the, the two sides get together and can meet and figure it out. And it looks like they're, 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 they're on the road to doing just that. So, you know, I, I think we'll be seeing camps opening on time and we'll be seeing everything, uh, everything as it should be in the NFL. Yeah, and then it'll be chaos, potentially. Right. What do you think that the post-lockout world looks like, assuming we're into, say, you know, by the end of next week, a week from today, we, you and I might be talking about uh, the craziness, the chaos of a post-lockout world. What do you think it'll look like? Well, I think it's, what, what's going to happen is, you know, it's going to be it's, it's, the, it's, the, the biggest problem, you know, or, or you know, certainly the, 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 the biggest way this will, this will affect everything Will be the free agent period, and you know uh, I don't. I, I think once you know, it's almost like it, everything is going to be going, going, going at warp speed, and then once training camp opens, you know, then everything kind of gets back to the normal pace of things. You know, it's just the it's just the free agent period. Uh, obviously, I think we're going to see some uh, injury issues with some of these guys because you know normally uh, teams monitor their players. Normally, they go through the mini camp. Normally, they go through the you know. You know, the off-season uh, uh, training, uh, teams can keep keep their tabs on these guys, and that has not been the case this year. So I think, uh, and you know, these guys can say they're in shape. You know, guys, you know, running around a, running around a high school field, you know, kind of you know, just kind of messing around for an hour uh, here and there. Uh, and you know, they all agree that it's not, you know, it's not, it's not mini camp, and they don't, they they're not pretending that they've been through mini camp. But you know, I think what's going to happen is you're you're going to see a lot of pulled muscles. You're going to see guys. Not really in the best shape that they can be in. So you know you're gonna you're gonna see a you're gonna see uh, you know some guys you know new faces new places with all the free agent uh, chaos you're gonna see. But I think you're also gonna see a lot of tweaks and a lot of pulls and a lot of you know hopefully uh, injuries that 
are you know, not too serious, but I don't think that can really be avoided because you're going to you're, you're going to have camp opening and guys maybe not in the shape they normally would be. And I would like to think that um, that coaches uh, and teams would take that into consat- into uh, take that into account once training camp opens. I hope they do. Um, not sure they will, but I would like to think that you know maybe they'd have to be a little easier on these guys. So I think maybe. The tenor of training camp, you know, will will by necessity be uh, a little slower than normal. You know, you're probably not they're probably not going to be able to just jump right in as they have in the past. And you know, uh, a lot of coaches, uh, you know, have problems with with rookies getting behind. You know, in the past, you know, you always hear about you know rookies who are who are holding out well. You know, they do so much, they miss two weeks. You know, it's like missing you know uh, half a book. You know, or going through the playbook. Some of these. Playbooks are very interesting. You may have to see, we may be seeing uh, playbooks are a little uh, dumbed down, for lack of a better term. You know, maybe keep things a little simpler, uh, keep things a little calmer uh, practice-wise as far as the physicality of it, maybe not banging around, maybe uh, a lot less uh, practicing in pads. You know, so I think, I think unfortunately, uh, coaches and teams, they're going to have to adjust to all this. And I'm not sure a lot of them are going to, but I think they'd be prudent to do just that. Yeah, well, sure to be interesting, and I think, uh, you know, probably the most fascinating aspect of the whole uh, post-lockout world is just going to be the utter frenzy uh, of free agent signings. I I just think that's just going to be unlike anything we've ever seen before and probably ever will see again uh, in, you know, what I'm guessing is going to be just an intense sort of 48- to 72-hour period Oh, it's like the, before before the ink is dry on the agreement, oh, yeah. I think it's and, just going to be nuts. Yeah, and we're not going to be able to keep up with it either. It's going to be one of those things right. where you know it's like it, you know, there'll be you know names just flying at us, you know, from 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 across the internet and across the AP wires and across uh, you know the the league office is going to have. It's going to be fun at the league office, you know, finalizing all these deals and contracts and everything else. It it, it is going to be crazy and. Uh, Again, it's something we've never seen before, this other code. So there's no frame of reference for it. We're just going to have to, you know, figure out a way through it like, like everyone else is going to. It won't be boring, that's for sure. Right, and I would think it will be particularly not boring, you know, where you work in the newsroom. I, I, it could just be absolutely unlike anything you personally have ever experienced in a newsroom for, you know, potential 48, you know, two or three days worth of newspaper cycles. It just could be... Wild, I'm sure you're both looking forward to it and maybe kind of you know <laughs> dreading it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be it's, it's absolutely going to be crazy. I mean, certainly you know for for from where I sit, you know, obviously you know most of the um, most of the attention will be spent on the Jets and Giants, but you know, but league wide, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's going to be nuts, absolutely. And it's uh, it, but but at the same time, I think it is going to be fun for sure. I think at the end of the day, it will be fun. I think it's just going to be, again, you know, just nonstop news, uh, you know, with big, the biggest of big names. And uh, I just think it's going to be fascinating. So finally, just to wrap up, uh, you know, my, my appointment viewing pick of the weekend is, uh, no surprise, the Women's World Cup finale on Sunday at 2 p.m. against Japan. Yeah, I started off the show talking about Women's World Cup. Uh, and the amazing victory over Brazil last Sunday, of course, in the interim, 
They beat France three to one the other day, which was uh, again terrific game. And uh, look for more tomorrow. So Sunday afternoon, two p.m. I, again, I, I've likened it to uh, what could be almost a mini version of uh, when the U.S. Olympic hockey team in 1980 beat the Soviets, and then followed up that Sunday morning uh, with winning the gold medal against Finland. And I got the feeling. Uh, this Sunday could be more of the same, and I will be attending Sunday evening the Connecticut Sun women's WNBA game uh, and reporting on it next Friday. So, Voice America, have a great weekend and talk to you next Friday. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.